This is the Tao of Christ, and I am Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. Others call it non-dual awareness, liberation, enlightenment, or spiritual awakening. It is the heart of all spiritual traditions. This is the Tao of Christ. Good morning. This is Marshall Davis. The father of Western religious tradition, including Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, is Abraham. His name even means father, the father of many. There's a well-known Jewish midrash about Abraham that is echoed in Islam. The story says that Abraham's father, Terah, was an idol maker and an idol seller in Ur of the Chaldees. And one day Terah went away on a journey and left Abraham in charge of the shop. And Abraham took a club and he shattered all the idols in the shop but one. And then he placed the club in the hand of the largest remaining idol. And when Terah returned from his trip, he found his merchandise in pieces on the floor. What happened? He demanded to know. Oh, Father, it was terrible, Abraham said. The small idols got hungry and they started fighting for food. And finally, the large idol got angry and he broke them all into little pieces. Idols don't get hungry, said Terah. They don't get angry. They don't speak. They don't hit each other. They're just idols. On hearing this, Abraham replied, Father, then why do you worship them? So Abraham broke with idolatry, the story says, and he started what became known as the monotheistic tradition that we see in the Jewish faith and in Christianity and Islam. This pattern of idol smashing is repeated in the Hebrew scriptures by figures like Moses, who destroyed the golden calf, and Gideon, who destroyed his father's idols of Baal and Asherah, and Josiah, who cleansed the temple of idols, and others in the Old Testament. I think Jesus was symbolically doing the same sort of thing when he cleansed the the Jerusalem temple of money changers and threw over all of their tables and so forth. Idol smashing is in the DNA of Western monotheistic religion. In talking about these idol-smashing stories, I am not condoning actually destroying physical religious images today. For example, like the Taliban did in Afghanistan in 2001, where they tore down those huge Buddha statues which had been carved into a face of a cliff back in the 6th century. That was a crime against the cultural heritage of that of that land. You often read stories about how when Islamic fundamentalist group take over a certain territory then they will destroy or they will, they will deface all the images of the other religions in that area. 
There was a story in the news a couple of days ago about how a statue of Mahatma Gandhi outside a Hindu temple in Queens was vandalized. Apparently it wasn't the first time. Such behavior is religious bigotry and I'm not condoning such acts. I advocate religious tolerance. In telling these stories of idol smashing, I am trying to get to the spiritual meaning behind these stories of iconoclasm. I'm talking about smashing spiritual and religious and intellectual and theological and philosophical idols, idols of the heart. The spiritual search is an iconoclastic process. At least it has been for me. I have shared in previous episodes how my spiritual search took me through a ruthless process of deconstructing my evangelical Christianity and in time it resulted in awaking, awakening to unitive awareness which Jesus refers to as seeing or entering the kingdom of God. That spiritual awakening actually happened 10 years ago this month so it's been on my mind recently. At the time I questioned absolutely everything about my religion, about what I believed, and I discarded everything that was not eternal, that was not of God. In my heart I smashed every idol that I had believed in, every crutch that the ego had held on to, especially religious and spiritual crutches. I kicked them away so the ego had nothing left to hold on to. I rejected every idol that the ego had made in its own image in order to justify its own existence. Only when the self had no place out left to stand, only then did I see what was left. This is seeing through the illusion of the self and seeing our true nature as non-dual reality. The process does not end with spiritual awakening. After awakening, there is then the process of integrating non-dual awareness into ordinary human life. That is what I've been doing basically for the last 10 years and especially so in the first few years. At first one cannot in any way understand this new reality, which is really an eternal reality, much less talk about it, can't even think about it. Later on, one does begin to try to think about it and one finds ideas that might help us understand it a little bit and words that might be able to point others to this reality. During that process of integration, there's always the danger of retreating once again into believing that words and ideas are actually true. One knows the ideas are not true, but in trying to describe or point to truth, certain ideas can be latched onto. Non-dual awareness can once again be clouded or occluded by religion or philosophy or spiritual method or practices. The ego wants to build idols. That's what the ego does. Therefore, idols must continually be taken down. They have to be destroyed again and again. The spiritual life is a continual process of idol 
smashing. And that's what I am trying to do in these talks. I see the idols that even those who talk about non-duality have created in the name of non-duality. And I smash them. Non-duality is beyond religion or philosophy. Yet many who embrace non-duality still mistake religion or philosophy for truth. You know, I did not smash all my Christian idols just to accept other idols that are erroneously labeled non-dual. So let me say this as clearly as I can. Christian non-duality is not about a theological or philosophical system. It is not, for example, philosophical idealism. It is not monism or pantheism or panentheism. It is not about understanding the world from a certain spiritual world view, whether that be Hindu or Buddhist or Taoist or Advaita or Christian or any other. Non-dual reality is not a spiritual system or intellectual world view. It's not a way of understanding reality. Forget about trying to understand reality. It can't be done. Ultimate reality cannot be comprehended in any attempt to do so is a dead end. Reality is accessed only by realizing it. It's about liberation, not understanding liberation or describing liberation. Trying to understand it is really just a clever way of avoiding it. It just makes you into a very clever and spiritual appearing ego that is itself completely deceived by its own illusion of being a superior or, or having a more inclusive type of spirituality. It's not about what we know. It is about unknowing everything we thought we knew. Sometimes in these episodes I share ideas. In those episodes it may seem as if I am espousing a certain philosophy or theology or worldview. I am not. I have no philosophy, theology, or worldview. All such things are mental creations and are not true. When I use ideas to refute ideas in theologies, in philosophies, I'm trying to unstick people from their ideas. I'm using a thorn to take out a thorn, as the saying goes. I'm not trying to get people to accept my ideas in place of their ideas. I don't care about ideas. Please do not accept my ideas. I do not want you to agree with me. Ideas are not true. Ideas are worthless, except if they are able to point beyond themselves. The Buddha had a famous illustration about a poison arrow that points to this truth. A man came to the Buddha one time and asked about the nature of the universe, and Buddha said it's like a man who is wounded by a poisoned arrow. His family wanted to bring him to a physician to get healed, but he refused. He would not consent to be treated until he knew who shot him, 
why he shot him, what type of bow he used, what type of wood the arrow was made from, what type of bird the fletching came from, and so on and so forth. And so the man died before his questions were answered. That's what happens when and if we get caught up in ideas. We die before we wake up to the foolishness of that approach. Forget ideas, forget metaphysics, forget theology and philosophy and, and religion. Forget about the nature of the universe. Just take the arrow out. All philosophical and theological and religious systems are idols. All doctrines are idols. All scriptures are idols. Now that is particularly hard for those in monotheistic traditions, people of the book, like Jews and Christians and Muslims, to accept because they venerate their scriptures. I see fellow Christians putting the Bible in the place of God and it saddens me. They have made scripture into an idol and it has separated them from knowing God. LifeWay Research just published a survey in which they asked U.S. Protestant pastors to identify modern-day idols. This is the question they were asked. What modern-day idols have significant influence in U.S. churches? And these pastors named nine things in this order. Comfort, two-thirds of all the pastors mentioned that. Control, security money, approval, success, social influence, political power, and sex and romance. They saw these as modern-day idols. Now, all, all that's well and good. These certainly can be idols for people. But churches have much more obvious religious idols than these. And these Christian pastors do not even see that enough to mention them. I want to say to these pastors, what about the Bible? Hasn't that become an idol in churches? So often taking the place of God in Christian lives? Look at the words that Christians, especially evangelical, conservative Christians, use to describe Scripture. They use words like perfect, inerrant, infallible divine. That is idolatrous language. And what about Jesus? Jesus has been made into an idol, made into a god by the church. Look at the language that the church uses to, to describe Jesus. When Jesus was addressed one time by a man as good teacher, he scolded the man and he said, why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. And yet Christians still call him good and much more than that. And do not see anything wrong with that. People turn gurus and spiritual teachers into idols. Religions turn spiritual leaders into gods. And what about our religious traditions? How about creeds and doctrines 
Those are all idols. And yet the pastors questioned in their survey did not even acknowledge these as possibly being idols. That's how self-deceptive our religious traditions can be. Liberation requires us to be idol smashers, including smashing the idols that our spiritual traditions and our egos continually churn out. You know, churches and temples and mosques are idol-making factories, just like Abraham's father's workshop was an idol-making factory, an idol-making business, and, and it's big business in America these days with megachurches. The true spiritual life is about smashing all these idols. Now it goes without saying that people will not like it when we smash their idols. Christians love it when you intellectually smash the idols of other religions. You know, if you call Islam or Buddhism or Hinduism idolatry, they'll clap and cheer. But keep your hands off of Christian idols. Religious people love their idols. So-called spiritual people who say they don't like organized religion still love their idols. They'll make an idol out of anyone and anything. Egos are natural idol makers. Egos love putting people and ideas on pedestals. And the only way to be free is to smash our idols. The only way to try to help others free themselves is to smash their idols. Once again, not physically, of course, but with words by exposing their idols for what they are. False gods. The vast majority of people will not thank you for doing this. They crucified Jesus for doing it. But some will thank you in the long run. We are to be children of Abraham and smash the idols of our fathers. Only when all idols are seen as falsehoods will we be free. And that is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.